Hello everyone and welcome for module number 11 on clarity. Clarity is the true goal of spiritual enlightenment. Think of the clearest pair of glasses you could wear. They would need to be regularly cleaned. If they were made broken, they would need to be repaired. If they were injured, they would need to be healed. If the glass was broken, you couldn't see through them, so you'd need that to be replaced. This is the process we are all continuing upon to become the very best version of ourselves. With clarity, your viewpoint of existence is like a clear, strong, functional pair of glasses. You see everything clearly, no matter how impaired your vision has been. Clarity doesn't come from thinking, so the content of this module is not going to be understood with me reading, but through embodying the teachings. Clarity is in fact our true nature and our core natural self. So clarity in the sense we're talking about here is the process of removing all other obstacles from clarity and remembering our true nature. What obstacles we have is individual. Stress is an obstacle. Indecision is an obstacle. Doubt is an obstacle. These things get in the way of us having clarity. You must leave the past behind. You can't take the past with you and carry it around if you want to experience true clarity. This would be like an old movie playing on those glasses through the glass lens and you could never see beyond this. In order to have clarity, we must be metaphorically naked from intentions, attachments, alignments. We must be empty in a vessel of deep surrender. This is easier said than done. Think about it. Are you ever affected by stress, indecision, doubt, a resistance to change? The past and how you feel, consciously or unconsciously, it has defined you. Intentions for the now or the future. Attachments to outcomes, people, places or things. Alignments to what your ego perceives you should be aligned to. How do we get clear of these things so we can just be at the core of us, untainted, free and whole in spirit? Again, this is a practice or many practices. In this module, I'm including a video I made from Organic Soul Evolution. It talks about how to decide from a place of vastness or emptiness where the mind and its attachments are not involved. I would like you to try the technique it suggests as many times as you can this month. It will help you to become empty when making decisions. Try making decisions you need to after you have practiced it. Use the technique within it as a regular part of your spiritual practice. If you heard the message of the last module, you'll understand fully that you are a powerful co-creator of your reality. You powerfully shape the reality you experience. If this is true, then knowing what you want to create is of great importance. How can we do this without clarity? The truth is, you'll be dangerous to yourself and everyone around you if your energy gets stronger and you don't have clarity. I remember feeling guilty after cutting someone off in traffic one day many years ago. I was in a serious hurry to pick up my oldest friend from the airport. We hadn't seen each other for ages and I was running late. I felt so guilty about the action I took, which was totally out of character for me, that I nearly had three accidents on the way home as I was instantly manifesting the new magnetism I was holding. I need to be punished for doing the wrong thing. Maintaining clarity is paramount, especially as you learn to harness more energy as the effects happen more quickly. 
Most people do not really know what they want. They know what they think they want, but not what their hearts and souls truly want to embody. They think something might be right for them, and then when they acquire it, are sad, as it hasn't filled the void of desire within them. This is because they're not able to tell the difference between what their source wants and what their ego desires. How do we know the difference between things that won't fulfill us and things that will? How do we recognize the states of being we truly desire that will bring us unending happiness? How do we recognize all else? How do we tell the difference? In this module, we'll be exploring how to have true clarity to bring the life that will truly inspire us, fill us deeply and help us to experience all the joy we can embody. It is a process of letting go and one of remembering. Every imagining you've ever had was your soul trying to help you remember a feeling or experience you could have. Consider what you have yearned for in your quietest moments. These yearnings are not desires. They're not frivolous wantings of an ego that is empty, that is attached to or grasping at power. It does not presently feel it has. They are deeper knowings of yourself. They come from a place within that remembers this was an experience offering to which you are entitled. Let's call this place your source, the remembering place within you. When I was a little girl, I used to imagine that I could make a difference in the world. It was within me, a deep place that knew I could make a difference. By the time I was in high school, I was referred to as Dear Abby, who was a well-known counselling columnist at the time because people sought me out as a sounding board for their troubles and decisions. I loved helping. In me, something feels like I have justified my existence when I've brought calm and ease to another's experience. I do it for my job, but also in my personal life for fun, for something I delight in experiencing. I love these deeper conversations and being in search of the unending bliss I guide my clients and students to. Being all that we can be is a passion. I think about it all the time. I move towards it personally, and it's a journey that's taken me to different corners of my being and philosophies and continues to evolve me. This choice doesn't come from a needing to be validated point of view. This is one of the main differences. Our source will never guide us to choose something in order to receive validation. In fact, my source has guided me to walk away from things that could have caused this kind of validation. I've been offered two television shows I've refused. I've created an online program for real estate in Australia before I got heavily into my service work that could have made me millions of dollars and seen me get tremendous validation and I gave the concepts away freely and then walked away. I left these opportunities because I have a deep need to be of service, but no real interest in being in the limelight or getting too much attention. Despite my incredible reach to the world, 61 countries at this module's writing, I have no interest in advertising or being too well known. I only want to reach those who can be supported by my unique way of supporting. This deep clarity has caused me to seek opportunities and leave others behind. Remember the point here, my source informs me. In various other classes, you may have heard me call this the life force principle, your creation spark, your conscious self, your inner child, your inner light, your inner divine. This is the source of the full you, the spirit, the body, the emotions and the mind. 
the complete soul who is undamaged, untarnishable, indestructible grace and great beauty. It remembers beyond this life experience. It knows the bigger picture of you, of oneness, of all that is. It remembers your plan. This part of you knows what is nourishing for you, what leads you to your greater good to become the very best version of yourself. This part of you can only speak to you when you are congruent with all four counterparts of the soul. Its voice has become very loud for me only after years of listening deeply and clearing away each aspect of distraction that tries to block me from full actualization. How do you practice clearing distractions? Another way to practice I made a meditation for called Chakra Blowing Aura Explorer. You can use this meditation to explore what is distracting you. I've included it in this module. Enjoy! It allows you to use the aura and its layers of the etheric corresponding to the body energy, emotional, mental and spiritual layers to dialogue with the four counterparts of the soul in a visualization way. When practicing it, you clear any unconscious blocks to your clarity by becoming aware of them. You can also use the practice in the video I mentioned earlier to choose beyond all the distractions you may have and listen to your source self. When my source self speaks to me, I feel the ease of this choice. There is no magnetic force. I'm not pulled to nor pushed away. I'm totally at one, calm and centered. I'm neither drawn nor hindered from this outcome. There is a deep state of isness. Sitting with the choice I am making feels effortless. There is no inner mental communication of toing and froing. It's just the way. In the Tao, they call this the Tao. There is no noise in your head, it just is. The conversation about what to do has stopped. The moment of knowing is there. It took some time for me to get from a place of indecision to this place of knowing most of the time. Now it happens at an ever-increasing rate. It can for you also. So consider your work to spiritual mastery, a process of becoming filled with more clarity. Each time you participate in the practice, it brings you closer. You must live mindful of the practice. To find this place of inner clarity, you must not want what you really don't want. Your mind attempts you to fill you with information about apparent needs, and instead you must listen to your source. How do we know what we really want? Do we have what we really want in life? If being congruent is one of the keys to manifesting, how do we start to tell the difference between the ego and the true authentic needs of our soul communicated by our source? If you've been listening to the content of the module so far, you've probably recognized how much of us is being influenced. We must recognize these distractions. There are layers of these distractions. Number one, society. We are sold on what we should want. We are told how to think. We are instructed about social rules and etiquette. We are held hostage by customs. We endlessly seek sameness and as a society, let someone else define the standards of our living experience. However, this must change. In order for it to change, we must recognize how we are informed and how we are influenced by this information. Then we must seek true clarity on what it is we want and see what we are really living our choice of life or someone else's. For me, this one caused me to leave a thriving business, a beautiful ocean-fronting home and amazing friends and family in Sydney and move to the middle of nowhere. 
It took me three months to make this choice as it was a rather large one. Have you ever experienced a knowing of where you needed to be, even if it meant you might be taking risks, but just felt completely right? This was your source self speaking to you. The second thing could be family. Particularly when we're psychic or sensitive, this clarity becomes paramount. Otherwise, you might find yourself living the life choices of your mother, sister or family at large expects of you or in some way aspiring to a doctrine that's not yours. When we talk about manifestation, this clarity is of grave importance. If you're trying to attract the energies to support the life you think you want when you're actually trying to live someone else's dream or desires, your manifestation will never go anywhere. Your source self will not support this manifestation of a life that is not your true bliss. So clarity is really important here. Epigenetics is the rather recent scientific realisation that describes how emotional DNA is passed down as well as physiological DNA. This means that even in ourselves, we are the byproduct of the emotional states of our ancestors. Whether this is joyful, traumatic or intense, these inner influences are within our body, creating an undercurrent magnetism shrouding our personal clarity. In order to be clear of this, we often have to work with what shamans call bone seed and change what is seeded in our bones. Spirit gave me a delightful process in the Healing the Shadow class to help people transform these patternings. These often feel stronger than other influences. People will often say to me they feel as though they have worked on an issue so much and just feel like they cannot move beyond it. You can't get clarity from a bone seed issue if you're only working on it emotionally, mentally and spiritually. You need to get into the body with massive free will with a process like the one I've been shown or perhaps through things like kahuna massage, tai chi or qigong or yoga or other techniques that bridge the body and strong intention and physical movement together. The third thing could be our partner influencing us. The fact that love makes you blind is not just a saying. In my work, I've come to understand that all around the world, regardless of age, sex or culture, the number one thing people seek is a partner with whom to spend their life. Love, as the embodiment of oneness here in this dimension, is something all souls find home in the experience of. As a result of this deep need to return to source through others, we are greatly confused and influenced by relationships. We will often make choices with our partners we would not choose with others. We will limit ourselves, hide ourselves, destroy ourselves with internal criticism and stay in anger, trauma and maltreatment much longer because of our need to find and be in the love energy of oneness. Relationships have a huge power to shape our clarity. I've written a 14-module class called Love, Cultivating Conscious Loving Experience, followed by a 12-module class called Sex, Love Making and Conscious Intimacy, which go more deeply into how to have clarity in love. It's a big subject, and I can't share all of that knowledge here in this one module. I will say that when we know our source and we know what we are polarized to at present, yin or yang, it makes it a lot easier to relate with clearer boundaries that get less muddled. This is what allows for great clarity in love. The fourth area most people are influenced by is children. Just watch two normally rational parents defending their young in a schoolyard when the younglings have been arguing 
and you'll witness the power of the inner mummer and father bear at work. The drivers to protect and cherish our children cause the least clarity from rationality for most parents. Most parents feel nothing is more important than their children, so it's nearly impossible to be impartial and have clear vision when you are so invested in another being. I remember my very experienced nearly 70-year-old mother of four private midwife who had helped birth so many babies and support so many mums in her 45-year career offering me a pearl of wisdom around this area. I asked her, what does it take to be a good mum? She said, don't make your family child-centric. She explained how families could drive themselves insane by revolving the entire family around the child for the entire childhood. As I thought about this, I imagined what this does to children. It would be like the child being the son in a parent's solar system. When the parent is meant to be the son and the child is meant to be the orbiting planet, she said to remember they are coming into your world. They have chosen you for who you are and what you can offer. Her point was, in essence, how to retain perspective and clarity. Be the guiding force of light in your child's solar system of existence and, of course, let them have their own orbit, knowing it is your light and personal gravity that will help their orbit be guided. The question when maintaining clarity around children becomes, what kind of sun do we want to shine as? I believe the answer to this may lie in our own principles, what we wish to emanate, the teachings of our experience we wish to share, and the kind of person we want to show up as to help our children be this or better. When we are acting as we are choosing to be, then we might experience the schoolyard conflict from a place of integrity and act with total clarity. The fifth influence can be inner damage drivers. If your history contains damage, you will be influenced by this. For example, you may be driven to prove yourself if you lack self-worth. You may seek money because of great poverty. Your history defines your motivations and your motivations shape your clarity. This is not always a negative thing. Our past defines the clarity we have in the future. However, Whatever influence our damage drivers cause, we need to be aware of these and factor this into our decisions and actions. For many years since I was 12 years old, I smoked cigarettes. Smoking is an action caused by self-hatred. My behaviour was directly linked to this emotional state of being. When I became conscious of my self-hatred and healed it, this inner damage driver no longer influenced my decisions. Then, it was easy to stop smoking. Before this time, I had tried to give up many times, never succeeding. Understanding this influence, I would never have a cigarette in the future. Even though in the first few years after giving up, I wanted one occasionally, I knew that this old influence was still a factor in my decision making. If I had one cigarette, I would have reversed my free will about the new self-loving experience I was choosing. So, until these cravings left completely, I was very aware that my inner damage driver still had some influence. Now, of course, I wouldn't smoke one for any amount of reward. They feel disgusting to me. This is an indicator that I am no longer influenced by this inner damage driver. Notice if you are still craving whatever your drivers cause you to action. If you are, then consider them still slightly influential and treat them as such, even if you feel mostly over something. The sixth area could be a lack of grounding and presence. 
You're out of your body and influenced by everything. You are like a big tree being blown around unrooted. If you do not stake your claim in the world inside your body, you will not feel powerful or like you experience clarity in this world. You will wander aimlessly through life and achieve nothing of value. I see so many people suffering from a lack of clarity caused by a lack of grounding. Many years ago, I was staying overnight with someone. She was a heavy drinker and this night she drank her usual daily amount. A couple of hours after she went to sleep, she came into my room, except she wasn't herself. She was like another spirit inside the body I knew, speaking in a different voice, a totally different personality. The next morning, she had no awareness of this experience. She noticed things were different in her room, but she didn't have any awareness of changing these things as she wasn't herself when she had done this. This is a powerful example of someone who is deeply lacking in presence and clarity. The 42% soul-fragmented part of her personality she'd rejected was able to come and be one with her when her drinking allowed her normal controlling self to check out. She was so disassociative, she was unaware of these two parts of her personality trying to integrate. You can also lack clarity if you are too busy or over-obligated. If you are not in the present moment, the moment is lost on you. The seventh area can be our energetic patterning. Energetically, you can lack clarity. You may not be aware that your chakras have certain predispositions or that your actions cause certain energetic imbalances. For example, I'm always very conscious of my sacral chakra. My heritage patternings often cause this chakra to be overextended at the front and too small at the back. If you know these energetic patterns exist within you and you have clarity about why they do, you can normalize your own energy. I do this by ensuring the back of my sacral chakra always gets a lot of focus in my personal energy work. I also use crystals for this chakra a lot to fill the void at the back with energy, even when I don't have the time to think about this. If you're not sure about this, look at your physical body. Long-term energetic imbalances usually shape the body. My belly protrudes at the front, most predominantly at the exact place where my sacral chakra front comb is. My throat chakra, to counterbalance this, sits slightly back to the back comb. Notice if your body holds more weight at a certain place or if your shape is modified from normal in a certain place. This will help you indicate which energetic patterning may be influencing you long term. The eighth area can be psychic people. Most psychics are driven by empathy. They often make choices as a response to the deep feeling they have for others. This causes their clarity to be impacted until they have strong enough boundaries, which they need to recheck in with constantly. They grow so fast, once established, new parameters are always needed to retain clarity. I can't count the number of clients I've spoken to over the years who are psychic to a degree and explain to me how they feel they are always giving more than they are receiving in relationships with people in their lives. When you psychically feel a need from others, it is hard to ignore it, even if you are not fully aware that you feel it. Those who are not so aware of their psychic abilities or are less influenced by these gifts are mostly ignorant of these needs of others, unless they are physically told what these needs are. Psychics know whether words are shared and requests are made or not. 
Most psychic people are doing way too much for others because of this. Often they're not even aware they are being influenced and often feel quite passive-aggressive because they also have an inner need to defend themselves and care for themselves, of course. Their experience becomes others taking energy rather than the truth, which is they are giving it away, often driven by these unconscious psychic requests from others. Once we get clarity with this or any other energetic pattern, we can no longer be influenced by these patterns. Most psychic people are deeply caring, compassionate and empathy-filled individuals. When they realize helping others this way, taking their pain or doing their process for them actually hinders them. It is easy to disconnect from the influence of this mechanism. While you do not realize it is driving you, life will remain unbalanced, uneven and resentment is assured. The ninth influence can be circumstances and state. We may be stressed and responding from desperation. We may lack the capacity to cope with the circumstances of our present moment. How we choose our state to be regarding our circumstances of any moment can directly affect how much clarity we have. From what I've seen, this also has a unique threshold for most people. You can retain clarity up to a certain point. Beyond this, the mind lets go to give the person's psyche a break. This is often called a psychotic break or psychosis, which is a mental holiday before hopefully with the right understanding and support the person can be guided back with even greater clarity. In other cultures, psychosis is often called a vision quest and is fully supported in a ceremonial way as a rite of passage to clarity. We need to know the limits of our clarity and not push ourselves into circumstances that will fracture this, especially if we do not have the right support to guide us through the transition. We also get to choose our state so two people can have a totally different experience of a circumstance. With the right clarity, we can choose the state we want to experience. So here's how you grow in week one. Step one, get clear on how you are influenced. Media, family, partners, children, psychically, your own thoughts, history, energetic patterning, drivers, attachments, etc. You must always remember how you are influenced and this will continue. This is not about judgment, it's about personal authenticity. Despite my very healed place of existence or yours, we will always be influenced by our history. We can choose to pretend we are not, or we can understand this is a potential factor in our future choices and notice when this influences our thoughts and plans for the now and navigate this influence. After realizing how my psychic ability unconsciously made me pick up everyone's problems, I still pause before offering help to others to ensure I'm coming from a place of source, not a need to stop others' pain. Your history and who it has made you become will always easily inform your present in powerful ways and in some way make you a more potent offering in the world for the embodiment of clarity. During week one, spend some time examining and writing in your journal where you are presently aware of these influences to your clarity. Consider how you might notice these influences by considering how they've affected you in the past. Here's how you grow in week two. Step two, I've included a 15-minute meditation with this module. Practice it as often as you like during the month. It is to help you spend time embodying just your core self and discover what it feels like. Build good relations. 
As you embody this core self more, start to see what emerges about what you really want for your life. You'll find your consciousness naturally begins to identify what has impacted you. You might all of a sudden notice your mother's intentions for you and how you've been living them or ways you manoeuvre to meet the needs of your partner, etc. Notice what emerges for you this week. Note these things down. At the same time, allow room in yourself for the question, what do I really want? Try and get clear on what you really want beneath influences, attachment or stuff. Try and bring it down to one state word. Remember, it's less likely going to be Ferrari and more likely going to be an emotional state like freedom you imagine driving the Ferrari will bring you. You can work this out by imagining everything you want and then imagining having these things. How would you feel if this was the case? Safe, secure, happy, free, calm or something else? When you think you have clarity about what you really want, and you can focus this down to one single intentional word, you'll be aligned with the energy essence of this. Your magnetism will increase, drawing you to experiences that match this frequency. Your light and energy will increase as you move towards it, causing your magnetism to get even stronger. Your light and energy will decrease with forced wants or imagined ego desires. You cannot fake this knowing. It's a full body experience. It will energize you incredibly. So notice if this word increases your energy and make sure it does so you'll know you have chosen the right word. Right now, if you feel like you have not been experiencing this state, it is also possible you challenge yourself to have this state by manifesting its opposite. For example, if I want security and safety, I may constantly, unconsciously make choices that are unsafe as part of my patterning. Just when I'm about to crack safety manifesting my life, I may go ahead and sabotage it to again feel unsafe. The soul allows this because in a way we are facing the fear to get the outcome we want. A person who is afraid of heights may need to go skydiving or stand on a tall building to get over the fear. Otherwise, it may always infect them. Can you recognize experiences you've had that were the opposite of things you thought you wanted happening over and again in your life? For example, if you wanted love, do you choose to not love yourself in many ways? If you wanted happiness, do you choose misery to refind happiness? Do you play out choices in your life that challenge you to feel the opposite of what you really want? If so, you may be trying to challenge yourself to grow beyond this. You may be experiencing the pendulum swinging right to the other side, from love to hate or trust to fear or joy to misery, or from found to lost, and of course, back to feeling even more found, joy, trust, and love later, once you get through the swing of the pendulum. We get to choose how we learn. We may be trying to learn and experience safety at our core, but we can choose whether we experience this by skydiving, or consciously choosing practices that make us feel safe. We get to choose the intensity of this learning. Generally speaking, the more intense the experience, the quicker the embodiment of the opposite. A person may stand on a ladder for a long time, building up to a higher step over many weeks before they are courageous enough to take that top step if they are trying to overcome their fear of heights. However, a person skydiving 
usually says they are cured after the 10 minutes or so it takes to land safely. We always get to choose how intense we want the learning to be and how long we want that learning to take. We can choose through our clarity how we want the experience of changing our magnetism to its full force is. I've often heard of people going too fast, particularly with inner child work. This can bring up too much to the surface, more than we can handle. My advice is always to go slowly. Evolution is not a race and there is no finish line anyway. So better to enjoy the experience. Let it challenge you and stretch you, but never break you. When you feel strong, move through your opposites with boundless enthusiasm and passion, but also respect when things feel like they make you precious and breakable. Slow down or stop for a while then. Ask your spiritual support to slow down the learnings and make them more graceful and easeful. So again, to example this, let's say I discover that my word is freedom. Maybe in reflection I witness that I am living constricted in many ways. I may then understand the wisdom of my soul has been guiding me to choose these kind of constricted situations because only through them will I powerfully express my free will and choose to move beyond them to freedom. The experience of moving beyond them and this decision becomes like a statement and it's a powerful message to all that is stating that as a being, I choose freedom. This clarity then magnetizes freedom powerfully for me. Of course, I can just choose to experience freedom right now. Let's say I'm aware I want to feel powerful. Maybe I witness there are many relationships that I feel powerless in. I may be choosing these to challenge myself to realize my power through the journey of them. If I can appreciate this and have this clarity, I can see these relationships for what they really are, expressions of my journey towards self-power. Then I will engage fully and move through to the powerful state at the other side of that journey much more gracefully and easily. This is the gift of clarity. We understand process. Knowing the word that describes our most absolute source state is very important. To example what I mean, craving safety could be a way of staying small. It means you would never have to grow. If you were safe, you could arrive in the comfort zone and stay there indefinitely. This is at opposites to the life force principle which encourages growth, diversity, etc. So you will never manifest safety all the time. What do you really want beneath that idea of safety? Is it feeling powerful? Do you imagine this power comes through control and feeling safe through this control? Do you limit and choke life to try and stop life from shifting you? As we drop deeper, we may discover that true power comes from courage. Feeling the fear and doing it anyway. It could come from faith in self or belief in love or knowing in source self. Different people radiate power in different ways. When you look at your word, you may start by thinking, is it safety? But probably it is courage, faith or something else. Look at your word. Does it affect the life force principle in action? You've probably manifested a lot of challenges in your life to do with the things you're not. I have manifested challenges about worth, safety, control, all of the things that were born in fear because of my life experiences. 
But when I moved beyond these limitations of my perceptions of myself, I discovered what I really wanted love. For me, it was the thing I missed most in my childhood. The craving of this has led me to a path of service in a huge way. It was all so perfect. When I was younger and less conscious of this, I manifested ways to discover love in unhealthy ways. I saved people. I took on too much responsibility. I was a woman who loves too much. Thanks, Robin Norwood. Do read her book if you haven't. Now I move towards love in healthy ways. I ask, what would love do? And I try and respond from this answer. If I died tomorrow, I would die surrounded by real love. I love myself. I am deeply loved. I have left the world with more love in it. When something is no longer loving, I can move away from it more easily, gracefully and without permission. I am also always aware of the shadow of love, seeking love for other reasons to validate feelings of non-love. This is important. No matter what your source state is, you may also dwell in the opposite some of the time. This is okay. Accept this. Those who seek freedom will at times entrap themselves when they get off path. Those who want peace will create conflict to feel peace when out of alignment. Being more deeply in non-love is like allowing the pendulum of duality-based awareness to get more momentum to swing you back further into love. Each swing of the pendulum takes you further into the experience of your source state. You'll feel love inside or whatever your word is, bigger than ever. If you allow yourself, you can get stuck on one side of the pendulum and think it is good to stay there. Many think this is what enlightenment really is, to stay in love, compassion, harmony, etc. all the time. It is not. This is non-growth. Always swing through the middle from time to time. It invigorates new learnings. So this allows you to deepen in your knowing. Non-love informs me of love and how to embody this more deeply. I don't judge myself for non-love, but see it as a vehicle to deeper embodiment. Without non-love, I cannot grow more. And isn't this the true meaning of life? We are here to experience duality to get more deeply embodied in oneness. If I stay in a space of love always, I cannot learn through the duality of non-love. So whatever your word is, embrace its opposite as an invitation to be taught to deepen into the essence of your word more deeply. Accept it is not a failure. It is a process of beautiful growth and a new level you are ready for and get excited. Hear me also that just because you will experience the opposite from time to time doesn't mean this has to be violent or horrifying. Non-love now for me is an opportunity to practice love. I'm not violated by this or affected in a terrible way. In the beginning of your journey, that may be how it feels, like going through your process is mammoth and painful, but as you progress, as all of you who are doing this program will recognize about your own journey, working through your stuff gets easier. This is because you are more comfortable with having stuff, and so you just get on with dealing with it rather than stressing about the fact it is coming up, as well as having to deal with it. This means when you experience non-love or your opposite, it doesn't affect you in the deeply hurtful way it might have when you first started your journey. The swings of the pendulum eventually become like dancers you look forward to. I remember having the experience of sheer delight in a required session I was forced to have as part of my ministry training. 
I hadn't felt like I'd had some juicy stuff to work on in years. I arrived with nothing I felt to work on, but simply gave permission to go into what was required, to go to a new depth. It brought about so many levels of new experience of myself to explore. I remember saying how beautiful it was to discover more to explore and feeling so alive because I'd found more to feel liberated from after a period of some stagnation in my growth. I love the process of gaining greater clarity in where it takes me. You can too if you like. So here's how you grow in week three. Step three, we need to find our true and deepest knowings and with this clarity, we can start to move towards this source. If you know it is powerful you truly wish to feel at the core of yourself, then you might choose to silence any other discussion in you. You might make decisions by asking, if I was the powerful person I'm becoming, how would I respond to this challenge? By knowing the source state of your core, you change the questions you ask yourself, and so the answers you find and your magnetism are totally different. Instead of trying to focus on the out there and what is happening in your life, go within. Focus on how you are already this person having this experience of freedom or whatever your source state is. Look for the opportunity to practice this, to live this every day. Soon enough, life will show up with even more opportunities for you to embrace this state and experience it. Be aware of the inner voice of your source state's opposite. Hear it, witness it. But when this limited voice speaks, remind it of the present you are co-creating and accept nothing else. Whilst you shut down the dialogue of the opposite in your mind, don't see negative things that happen in your life as a problem. They are in fact all way showers to guide us to more clarity. All experiences are. Especially if the experience feels opposite to what state you're choosing to co-create, get excited! As the pendulum is swinging, ask, how is this restriction teaching me about freedom? This conflict teaching me about peace? This victim mentality teaching me about how powerful I really am? Are you what you want to be right now already? Well, there is certainly a version of you in the quantum universe that is. Why can't that be this version of you? To give you an example of this, a few weeks ago, I got a major impression to change something for myself, and I sensed that if I didn't love myself in this way, I would have a blood clot go to my brain and die. I, of course, chose to make this decision, despite the fact it would question the wisdom of an expert who was helping me. Two weeks ago, I experienced myself in another reality, experiencing an aneurysm. I had the full experience of this other me who had not made the same choice dying and I got to feel what that felt like from a viewpoint level of experience. We decide in every moment which version of our life we will actualize. Do you want to be the person who makes the choice that leads you to the metaphorical or physical death or do you want to live fully and absolutely? Listen to yourself and practice your embodiment in all choices from here on in. This becomes your walk in the world. Remember how powerful your free will is. You are the embodiment of yourself you choose to be. You live in a quantum universe where every version of you ever imagined is possible. It is not that the version of you experiencing the state you have always dreamed of is not possible. It is always possible. All possibilities are. So get some multiversal clarity.
There is no person who can refuse the reality of the state you most wish to embody except for you. You have that much power to shape your experience here. If you are ready to move through the world with this clarity, I invite you to have a ritual this week. Make a statement through it about your intention to embody this energy state. Call upon your multiversal self to download the appropriate knowledge and understanding to help this integrate with absolute ease and grace. Make your ritual beautiful, personal and profound. If you're not used to creating personal rituals, there are some examples in the back of Pure Spirit Volume 1. Create for yourself also a power object. This may be a piece of jewellery, a stone, a stick, an object, hopefully something you can keep with you in some way for the time it takes to fully embody this principle. Every time you touch or see this object, let it remind you of your intention. Let it remind you to ask the question, what would love do here, replacing love for whatever your word is. This will give you immense clarity in all future decision making. Also remember to take this object with you when you enter realms of those who are your key influencers. You might wear it when you watch the news if this is something that always takes you out of state. Perhaps you will wear it around you when you have family members who you are most impostered by. Maybe you need it for your present relationship. Let it be the reminder in key moments where you now recognize you need to be reminded that you are usually influenced. Remember that clarity is like the pair of glasses you choose to watch the world through. Keep them clean. This means taking personal responsibility for your energy system as well as actions, thoughts and beliefs. Make sure all of you is moving towards this embodiment daily. You may even like to set up a personal altar to remind you, to centre you. My altar has statues of meaningful things for me on it. I have Kuan Yin, who has a story backdrop of compassion and choosing love no matter what. Mother Gaia, a picture of which is at the end of every module to remind me of the tremendous love the Earth Mother practices for each of us, no matter how young in consciousness and insolent we are as a people. I also have Ganesh who reminds me to ground my wisdom into love, ease and grace for me in the world and a blue angel statue who holds a star who reminds me of where I come from. What is meaningful to you? Do certain things remind you of your values in relation to your source state? Start to center your world around this source of you. Make this your focus. Make it the very core of your conscious movements in the world. Let it be the car of life you travel in. Then all destinations you arrive at along your journey of life will have a feeling of deep clarity.